Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. everybody welcome back to private education i almost forgot the name of it there the smart sex and relationships podcast i'm ashlyn keenan um i have a returning guest in front of me it's caroline foreign welcome back caroline hello thank you for having me back you're very welcome we talked before about um we we talked for like 45 solid minutes about sex and i think you I, I could sense your your discomfort I am not over it yet um <laughs> I'm certainly comfortable talking about sex but it's when it's actually going out to the whole world and God knows who listen so yeah, yeah that's the only bit that I'm uncomfortable but I think about you you I think you came across very well oh, you didn't thanks. give away anything too no but you could juicy. very easily put the pieces together now <laughs> well I mean only certain yeah. Yeah, certain pieces and I was sure look if that's the case everybody in the entire country knows all of the people that I've had sex um, <laughs> yeah. at this stage um, but this time round we're going to talk about something that you have not that you've more experience with but that you are I suppose more comfortable talking about which is the issue of um, so Caroline um, for anyone who doesn't know is the author of two books third one in the works um, and they're focused around your first one was very much focused around anxiety the second one was more about kind of fear of failure and imposter syndrome and that kind of thing but on that general topic um, and this time we're going to talk about kind of what to do, what not to do when your partner uh, struggles with anxiety or, or depression in terms of your relationship or vice versa then if you're the one struggling, how you can advise your partner who might not fully understand what you're going through as to how you need to exist in, in the in the framework of your relationship. Mm-hmm. So I know you've talked about this before but I, I, I've had so much contact from people who are e- either one or the other, either they're struggling with anxiety and depression and they don't know how to advise their partner like their partner doesn't really get it or they're they're they don't understand their moods or they don't understand their needs or their requirements and um or on the flip side then they've gotten on to me to say look my partner is really struggling mm-hmm. with anxiety depression um mental health issues and I don't know what to to advise them so we're just going yeah. to kind of talk I've about that I've had the same I mean so yeah. many questions about like exactly what you said there it's, it's like not just oh I'm suffering with anxiety how do I cope how do I explain it to not just even my partner but my my family yeah. or anyone in your life at all who you have a relationship with yeah. and vice versa yeah, yeah it's 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 such a tough one and it, for people who because you know for someone who's suffering with anxiety but has a partner who also might have experience in that area it might be easier because they they can at least go well I know what you, I know what it feels like to have a panic attack for instance or yeah. I, I know what it feels like to not want to leave the house or I know mm. what it feels whereas if you're in a relationship with someone who has never had a kind of a mental health struggle mm-hmm. really to speak of how how do you start how did you personally I suppose start going about explaining to your partner your specific requirements around your anxiety it was definitely something I didn't realize we had done or learned until you know after a long time yeah Yeah. so um 
at first I was very lucky because um well first of all Barry had never experienced any kind of anxiety in his life he, like very very straight and narrow guy this you know your husband yeah, yeah my husband Barry yeah. and um when I started to feel anxiety in it was 2014 and I I mean I majorly fell off a cliff like with anxiety okay. it wasn't just I went from being a very confident person we, you know we were having a great time going on dates going away we just moved in together and then I suddenly um got very very unwell to the point that I was like just li- living my life from one panic attack to the next and I wasn't able to leave my house and I I cried all day every day. I didn't want to be here anymore. I needed to be taken care of like all the time I needed to have someone monitoring me um, and thought I would end up in hospital and, and everything and was just so scared of, you know, why has this happened to me? I don't understand it. I don't know how to pull myself out of this and he was in the dark as much as I was in the dark. But I was really lucky in the sense that even though we weren't even together all that long. So first of all, I felt this massive pressure of like, go, you know, save yourself, be free. I felt so, like such an unbelievable burden that like, this is so, this is really shit for me to deal with. But the last thing I need is to be worrying about him mm-hmm. and worrying about how this would affect our relationship. Because I was already worrying about my family because they were worrying about me. And suddenly it snowballs into this massive anxiety about all these other anxieties. So the relationship one was a big driver of the anxiety that I was already feeling. And he would say to me, like, don't be ridiculous. Like, I'm, I love you. I'm here with you. And he would always say, we are going to figure this out. We are going to find a way through this. Not, you'll be okay. And when he said that enough times, I started to believe that he wasn't just my boyfriend. He was my partner. And even though he wasn't the one having panic attacks, he was going to make as much effort as I was to, to get me back to a point of feeling like myself again. So he was using the word we. We. And that was an unbelievable game changer. It's a massive thing, yeah. It's massive. Uh, because... And he's still to this day, like, you know, if anything is wrong with me, he says like, we, and it just took a weight off my shoulders. And I really, it really wasn't until like then that I fully knew how unbelievable a person he was. And I think fell in love with him all over again and was like, please don't leave me, mostly because I have such bad anxiety. No one else will ever go near me. (laughs) Um, And so... At first it was a learning curve and I would come home from wherever I was when I, when I eventually did go back working and say, oh, like I had a really bad panic attack today or like I can't cope. And he'd be like, oh God, like, are you okay? And this was not a good idea. No, okay. Because if I was saying it to him and then he was reacting as if it was such a big, terrible thing, I would react even more being like, oh God. Okay, so it would spiral. No. Yeah, so okay. the first thing we learned was the importance of normalizing it. Okay. So, uh, well, actually, you know, even before that, understanding what anxiety is and how it happens regardless of whether you feel it or not you can wrap your head around it and that is what I made the focus of my book and my podcast so much about is is like understanding how your brain works why it works how normal anxiety is for everyone how stress can turn into anxiety because sometimes you feel like it's come at you out of the blue and it hasn't or you're looking for some big ugly traumatic moment in life to have justified why it's happened and you can't find it and you think you're gone crazy so it's understanding everything from the hormones to you know the the parts of your body and your brain that are relevant to anxiety so, so the actual like the the mechanics of the mechanics of anxiety yeah, yeah. that education piece around it is so unbelievably important for you as a person with anxiety mm-hmm. and also for anyone else in your life who thinks that you're just in a funny mood or that you can just have a chat and snap out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not a mood you're in. It's a very complex uh, play of hormones that you can't snap out of. It's you have, this, I mean, we could talk about it at length, but there's so much going on in terms of like excess cortisol. And mm-hmm. if you have excess cortisol, you're not sleeping. So you're not getting melatonin. If you're not sleeping, that in, that in itself is a huge, huge driver of yeah. mental health issues. Yeah. So first of all, for Barry, because he was he was quite proactive like me and he would 
research different things when he was in work trying to understand you know because like I've said before I'm a massive problem solver and I I wanted so badly to kind of figure this out and nothing is nothing beats knowledge like the power the empowering nature of knowledge and informing yourself and that's really what got me out of the hole but for him it was for him to understand how it works was was just as important as for me to understand Mm -hmm. so that whenever I felt really bad again he could say Caroline you're I know from looking at past experience you're in a phase of anxiety right now where you're producing so much cortisol and you're not seeing the wood from the trees and you feel right now in this moment that you're always going to feel this way but I know in a few days it's going to settle down for you and then you'll Mm -hmm. feel okay. Mm -hmm. So he was able to spot patterns and observe things for me that when I was in the thick of it I wouldn't be able to see and when I was having irrational moments or when I was catastrophizing he would be my I guess he would be kind of like my real life prefrontal cortex which is the part of your brain that you want in charge is the part that regulates fear and anxiety and when we're anxious that part of our brain is just not engaged it's switched off so have someone in your life who can be that person for you Mm -hmm. and I was very lucky in that Barry was very proactive um and and then after that after that that kind of education piece it was really about normalizing it so the worst thing you can do when you have anxiety is not tell anyone. For me anyway, I'm a pressure cooker. If I don't, if I'm having a bad day or having any kind of, you know, not nice feeling, if yeah. I don't tell someone, it's going to explode inside me. Yeah. Um. So I was, I, I said to Barry, look, I have to be able to say to you, I'm feeling a bit off today. I'm feeling a bit anxious today. And that you're not going to look at me like I have two heads. Yeah. Or you're not going to look at me as if you can't relate to me. And it's so, it doesn't matter if you've never had anxiety. I needed him. And he kind of came to this conclusion himself to say like, so I come home from work or whatever and I'm like, oh, I didn't have a great day. I felt really anxious. And he's like, okay, um, like that's fine. You know, maybe there was different uh, things at play. Like you maybe you weren't feeling well yesterday so you p- could have been a bit compromised or, you know, you've, you've had a lot going on. And he would help me identify those vulnerability factors which all can contribute to anxiety when I couldn't see them. Okay. Um, and then he would say, and this is another crucial thing, like, okay, we can't really help that you're feeling this way right now or we can't avoid that it happened. But what's the one thing we can do right now in this moment to make yourself feel a little bit better? and in doing that I was able to say okay I'm addressing the anxiety I'm not pretending it's not there I'm putting it out there and getting it off my chest it's okay that I feel it I can't necessarily make it go away but I can normalize it and I can then say right now that I've addressed it I can divert my attention and maybe we can watch something shitty on Netflix and it's not that I'm trying so hard to be like oh don't feel anxious don't feel anxious I'm saying out loud yeah I do feel it but I can still do this thing Mm. was it important to bring it into the present like that's that sounds like the kind of what that was in a way. Yeah. Like, and I, obviously, I'm, I'm no expert on this, but like, it sounds like what you're trying to do is just live in the moment and not worry about what was earlier on or what might be later. Exactly. And he would help me do that all the time, you know, by saying, "Look, because if if I even to this day, if I go into a wave of anxiety where again, you've produced too much cortisol, your prefrontal cortex is not." It does not have your back. And suddenly you're looking at life through an, ang- an anxiety lens. And you obviously you look forward and you think, oh God, I'm not going to be able to do that. So like I remember it was during the summer, I felt it again and I hadn't felt it in so long. And I had an upcoming trip to London um, for a few different work things. And I was saying to him, like, I don't think I'm going to be able to cope over there. And he's like, that is like three weeks away. And he would try and like literally hone me into the hero now. He's like, Caroline, you know, I, he's like, I know you can't see it right now. I know that your anxiety is feeding you a narrative that you're believing, but it's not true. Mm-hmm. And I know from past experience that in a couple of days, if you just sort of accept it, let it happen, do what you know that you need to do, such as cutting out caffeine, cutting out sugar, pulling back from, you know, work commitments if, if it's too much and I need mm-hmm. to take a step back. Yeah. If you do that, 
in a while the fog of anxiety will lift and you won't be as scared about London anymore and so he's constantly bringing me back catching my runaway mind and bringing it back and I know I'm really fortunate that I have someone who's that emotionally intelligent to be able to kind of be there as that support for me I know how hard it is and I also know how hard it can be on someone when they have to look after their own mental health as well yeah and that kind of brings us to what if you're the person the who doesn't have anxiety yeah, the other way around exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah but I think in in educating whether you're the person with it or without it in educating yourself on what it is and how easy it can happen and how normal it is and not to actually think oh my god what the hell is wrong with me but think okay this actually makes sense mm-hmm. then everyone can prevent themselves or keep themselves away from that point of falling off the cliff like I did mm. like the only reason I got so bad was because I didn't have a clue what was going on yeah and no one else around me did yeah and if we have more information and more awareness and we give ourselves a bit more compassion and a bit of a break like I'll never get to that point again because even though I still feel anxiety sometimes and he says this to me too it's like you're not going to go back there because you know so much and you have so many skills now at your disposal and and that support is is just when you can't be supported for yourself because when you have anxiety and you have a flare-up you're your own worst enemy and you're so hard on yourself having someone in your life who'll, who'll take over the reins is just everything so valuable. you know it's yeah. so valuable and it doesn't have to be a boyfriend or a husband it can be a parent it can be it can be someone but the person who it is has to be willing to like understand what's going on understand that it's not a mood and and like it doesn't take long like I explain it very very straightforwardly and simply in the book um and and actually when they do that they realize oh I kind of felt like that and we're never able to identify anxiety until we know what it is so then actually in knowing that it makes Barry better able to cope when he starts to feel so, so like there's been times now where he's come home and he's like oh like I'm just feeling a bit like tight in my chest and before I would have been like oh god like are you having a heart attack or something yeah. whereas now I'm like how many coffees did you have today yeah uh, what have you got going on have you got a deadline coming up okay are you putting yourself under a huge amount of pressure so it's kind of a two-way street of support yeah. then because yeah. he knows like I understand it now so I can help him and I know he understands it so he can help me yeah but he doesn't have to have gone through horrific anxiety to be there for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just, I was listening to you so intently. I forgot that I should ask a question. I was just <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I have to did drive this thing. Um, What you're saying is just so interesting. And it makes so much sense. I would love to know, Um, sometimes I feel this way that, um, not that I'm the weaker person in the relationship, but I feel like. I definitely feel that way. Yeah. Like I feel like my husband is very mentally strong, right? And I haven't been faced yet with a challenge where my partner is the one that's struggling, you know, um, with, with their mental health. So sometimes I have a, a, the anxiety that what might happen is... How will you cope? How will I, the weak one, help someone who's meant to be my minder? Like, I, I you know, I, know. I, I feel like I'm in a relationship where if something catast- like catastrophic happens, my husband will be the person who makes it all better and helps me and advises me. And, you know, in fairness, my husband is, is in in a way like Barry, like he's very good at, mm. um, you know, bringing you back down to earth and, and minding you and just making you feel like everything's going to be okay. And sometimes I won't wonder what would happen. And I'm, I'm sure there's lots of people listening who feel this way, that their partner is their support system. And what would happen if you had to be the support system and you're the one also struggling with anxiety and depression or you're the one that's... um used to relying on support from someone and then they feel because for me a lot of any any time I've ever had sort of 
issues around anxiety it's all about security mm. and feeling like there's a solid foundation under my just underlying my whole general life and a lot of that is built into your now it's built built into family friends your job your it's it, there's so many parts to it but my relationship with my husband is one of the things that makes me feel like I'm on solid footing me too and so sometimes I think if that was to be compromised how would I cope with that? So do you have any advice for anyone who might be in that situation where they're not necessarily the typically strong one and I'm, I'm doing bunny ears mm. like quote marks like how how say for instance Barry came home and was like <clears throat> I've got I had a panic attack today. I think being anxious in nature you think that you won't be able to cope but you actually have so much experience in dealing with it from yourself okay. and we still think that having gone through it it means comparatively that we're weaker but because we've been there it's actually strength because you've actually pulled yourself through and you definitely don't give yourself enough, enough credit for how strong you are like for me to have felt like the weakest person in the world to then pick myself up and say I don't know how I'm going to do this but I'm going to pull myself through like that's strength that I don't even know that Barry's had to confront with himself yet. So even though he feels it's easy to be strong when nothing's going wrong. Yeah. You know, it's easy to it's easy to um, feel peace in like a, on a beautiful day. It's a lot harder to feel that peace in the middle of a shitstorm. Yeah. And having come from the shitstorm, even though it's terrifying, you're completely underestimating how much of a support you can actually be. And I have I mean, I do feel feel it sometimes where I feel like, oh, God, like, how could I support him? But there has been situations where Barry has come home and felt overwhelmed or like he'll worry about things that I like I'm going to worry about things that are so larger than life like what if you know uh, my career just goes to shit and he's like what if we forget our passports on the way to the airport I'm like we fucking won't like why <laughs> yeah, yeah, are yeah. so you kind of you kind of fill gaps for each other I think where like uh, Barry worries about such stuff like that that I don't need to worry about it yeah. and and I worry about things that he's like as she worries about that so you kind of complement each other in that way but I definitely have noticed that I'm even though I feel I, I wouldn't feel I wouldn't like to be the situation where he's the one needing more support from me but there definitely has been times where he's been unsure he's needed me to again be the prefrontal cortex for him and help him see the wood from the trees and lay out the facts and again it comes back to that education thing and understanding it and you being able to step back and say okay if we look at the context of your life right now the lifestyle factors what you're doing we can see why this is happening and if you can pinpoint why something is why you're feeling the way you are then you're already halfway there to, to solving it and, and to getting past it and just to know this is this makes complete sense this is why you're feeling this way I can't make it go away right now but I can be here for you you can talk about it whenever you want and I think as well you just have to be really careful when you're and I feel this a lot because I get so many messages from people listening to the podcast or who have read the book wanting to tell me their anxiety story and wanting more specific advice and I don't have any more specific advice to give than what's in there or what Mm. we're talking about now but I feel like if I get into a dialogue with someone where they're telling me and they're like I feel because I'm not trained I'm not a professional I kind of in, internalize it and I feel like, oh, I need to be there for this person. And then I start to feel like I actually don't want to spend my whole day talking about how horrific anxiety is. So I have to kind of pull back and like it's oxygen mask theory of like put yourself first. So you can't do that for everyone in your life. And some people, I think, I mean, naturally people will come to me in my friends group because I understand mental health, health issues. But you have to make sure that even though you love this person, if it's your partner, you are number one. And if you are sacrificing your mental health to help theirs you're going to end up back in the position that you're in so you need to look after yourself from sleep from 
um, nutrition from whatever like you can only be supportive if you're looking after yourself the same way a mother can only be a good mother if they're looking after themselves as a mother yeah which I would know nothing about yet but I've heard the thing what's the thing they say you can't pour from an empty cup exactly and like that's I feel like that's really true for a lot of people like you know you you can't you couldn't possibly be supportive and be a, a solid foundation for someone if your own if you're not taking care of yourself so you do really yeah. have to put yourself first but to be supportive to someone doesn't mean that you have to have it all figured out or not have any quibbles or yeah. worries at all yeah. because I think that's too much pressure to yeah. put yourself under yeah. I think you can you know two people who are going along their own road experiencing different things can support each other without having to be like well I'm ahead of you and I know how to do it so come on follow me yeah I don't think that I think that's too much pressure and I think you just have to first of all imagining looking forward and thinking what if I can't support that person eventually Mm -hmm. that's catastrophizing and Mm -hmm. that's worrying about something that hasn't happened yet so again it comes back to like the coping mechanisms for anxiety in general which involve dealing with where you are right now mm-hmm. and and confronting things as you come up to them and not projecting yeah um so and uh, like i i get the feeling that like for someone who has you know struggled with anxiety or depression or anything like that and then um is trying to advise someone else who has it like i found it in the past it can come across a bit preachy or something yeah. it can come across a bit like i know what you're going through and it will be fine so how do you kind of navigate that how do you Give them the advice and tell them that you're there and tell them that you know what they're going through without minimizing what they're feeling. I think um, you have to acknowledge that everyone is experiencing something is, is probably a little bit different. But for me, in how I've been able to reach people like friends who have been in hard times or, or anyone is to to show your vulnerability yourself. And, you know, it's not saying this is what you need to do for your anxiety. It's saying this is what worked for me. This is what I didn't realize. I wish someone had told me back then. And again, like, so, you know, um, I have a friend at the moment who's having a hard time with um, depression and I can clearly see that it's, you know, if you step back and not look at it as how you're feeling today, but ha- looking at it as the hormones that are actually triggering all this in your brain, it's not your fault. So directing them towards resources as well that, you know, this might be helpful and just also with anxiety I don't think you can come across as preachy because someone who has anxiety so desperately wants to be helped and to to find a solution whereas I think depression is probably a little bit harder because and I don't have really experience of depression apart from feeling I felt depressed as a result of my anxiety it was like a symptom of my anxiety Mm -hmm. but it's harder with depression because maybe the person with depression doesn't necessarily want to address it or identify it whereas someone with anxiety typically is like oh like whatever can I do to help this go away Mm -hmm. and if you can for me I mean all I ever wanted when I was really suffering was to hear from someone who was just like me who I could relate to who could say I have felt like this and here I am now you know functioning again and and not just surviving but thriving and you'll be able to get there too Mm -hmm. I didn't want to hear from someone who was a doctor who was quoting from a book saying uh yeah just do this thing because I was like do you do you think I'm crazy like do you you know do you actually get what I'm talking about is it normal please tell me that I'm normal Mm -hmm. um so I think yeah you don't have you don't have to be perfectly well adjusted to be supportive to someone else Mm -hmm. in your life yeah you said earlier on and I really kind of feel this like you said there was an element of guilt like you wanted to just say to Barry go on save yourself you don't need this like I know a lot of people uh, a lot of friends of mine or or um even people who've written in that that listen to the podcast who have anxiety they have said to me that they feel ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me Kiki Palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like they're a burden. Their anxiety is a burden on their friends and their family. Yeah. And like I actually had one girl message me and say she feels like she doesn't want to bother her partner with mm. the issue of her anxiety and that's why she was asking me she was like look I don't want to bother him but I also I feel like we our relationship is suffering because of my anxiety because he doesn't get it and he doesn't blah 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 yeah. like how do you how do you not feel guilty it's so hard um, and I think it's just such a characteristic of, of anxiety to mm. feel like a burden on everyone else and I used to always say like or my brother would say to me, you know, Caroline, everyone has their cross to bear. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm Barry's cross to bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you don't want to feel like you're, no, you're someone's cross no. to bear. Yeah. Um, and that's really hard. And But again, the only reason it's so hard in their relationship is because they don't together understand what they're dealing with. Yeah. Plain yeah. and simple. Yeah. Like he doesn't get it. So he's like, just not, just don't be that way. Mm-hmm. And then she's, you know, keeping it all in and not saying it out loud. So it's getting worse and worse. That could be totally cut in half with with both of them being willing. And also, I mean, I don't want to make this person feel bad, but like, look at the strength of their relationship. Like, if you you have to be able, to, if you can't be there for someone and cope when things get shitty, what well, like that's I for me is the litmus test of relationship. Yeah. They don't run run scared. They're they're willing to say, okay, let's do, like the we thing. Let's do this together. Let's figure this out together. Yeah. If he wants to be supportive, he needs to come to her and say we'll figure this out come on we will read up about it we will research it we'll try different things we'll maybe I come with you to like a meditation class or whatever mm-hmm. and be willing to educate himself because it'll benefit him too and he'll be well equipped for his own mental health when eventually it'll bite him in the arse as well because not one of us is safe from not ever feeling stress or anxiety in our lives yeah, yeah. we're not nobody's exempt from that no it's not like a members only club no yeah and you know, it's certainly not a club that you would want to join. No, <laughs> willingly. On, no, no, no. But I really empathise with that feeling, and I've been there, and it's really hard. Um, and I've definitely felt like the weak one in my friends group, and definitely in my family. You know, uh, but that's just looking at yourself in a very. You're focusing on the negative, which of course we do because we all have a negativity bias. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Your anxiety doesn't define you. You're not your anxiety. It's something that you're experiencing now. It's not a permanent thing. You might have waves of it throughout your life, but you have to try and think about what else there is to you um, and what else your partner is with you for. They're not just with you because you're a bag of anxiety. You can't see how much more there is to you right now, but it is there. And definitely don't bottle it up because... I think that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Um, The negativity bias, you know, and it's not just, I mean you know, like a hundred people can give you a compliment and you'll cling on to the one person that gives you the negative feedback or whatever. But I think that's something that a lot of people feel in in relationships is that they are only the bad parts of themselves and they forget that there's 
other things there. So did you ever have to, did you ever find yourself having to remind yourself, okay, yes, I, I am Barry's cross to bear, but I also am Barry's, you know, the person who makes him laugh and yeah. the person who does this. Do, like, oh. did you actually have to make that a focal point for yeah, you? Yeah, sometimes I needed him to tell me Okay. Um, when I was feeling particularly low and, you know, I would say things like, you know, thank you so much for like sticking through with me. And he and he would say again, like to the point where he's like getting frustrated being like, Caroline, you are not like my penance. I'm not, yeah. this is not an endurance test for me. He's like, I fucking love you. Yeah. And and then I kind of, when I'm feeling good, then I'm like, you're so lucky to have me, you know, and I focus on the parts of myself that, you know, I make him laugh every single day. He's never bored because I have so many different personalities. <laughs> <laughs> we have a great time. Um, there's no such thing as ever getting bored with each other. And you have to like let go of the need to be the perfect girlfriend or the perfect yeah. partner because yeah. no one is ever going to be. Yeah. And like uh, it's something that um, I had a message from a girl recently who Oh, I felt so sorry for her. She said that when she has um, a panic attack um, or an anxiety attack or whatever it is that you want to call it, she said what she finds herself doing is, it, she said to it happens to her a lot at night time. Mm-hmm. Do you know why that is? Why? Because you're exhausted and your prefrontal cortex has switched off and all of the worry and fear and everything is running amok and you're not able to rationalize it because you're too tired. That is why it's worse. And why anxiety is worse in the morning is because we produce an extra dose of cortisol to wake us up and get us to face a day. But if you're already anxious, you have got enough cortisol in there and then you're just like turbo boosting your cortisol so you're feeling worse in the morning. Right, I did not know that. But again, knowing these kind of things will yeah, help that when you're in that yeah, moment, yeah, you'll be yeah, like, yeah. okay, this isn't just me. This is why. And I still, I struggle with that so much where like I wake up feeling anxious at night and I may as well just go down and make a cup of tea because I can't rationalize because my prefrontal cortex is gone asleep. That's why sleep and rest is so important to keep that strong. Sorry, but you were telling me about this girl. Yeah, (laughs) sorry. She said said it happens a lot at night and um, which I I will direct her to that information now that that I know that. But she said what happens is she finds herself, she'll sit up in bed and she'll be having an anxiety attack and she'll be, she won't have the words or the way to explain it to her partner and she Mm -hmm. said that what she ends up doing is apologizing Mm -hmm. and she says that on top of the anxiety she's already having she feels guilty because he's missing out on sleep she feels guilty because she's crying she feels guilty because she doesn't know what to tell him she feels guilty because he's sitting there awake beside her not being able to help in any Mm -hmm. way and she said that feels makes her feel massively massively guilty and what she keeps saying is I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry I've been there as well and I definitely do apologise. Um, but again, that's just the perfectionist nature coming out of her. People who are anxious are so, like always perfectionist as well and they're always very hard on themselves. Um, so I think again, if if like, if if she could wake up her partner and say, I'm feeling really anxious right now, it might take nothing more than, okay, look, that's okay. Why don't you read a book? Why don't you, you know, I'm here for you if you need me absolutely wake me up if you need to but like just try and relax it'll pass if that person had just those couple of sentences to say to reassure them because if she's keeping that in and not saying it it's bubbling over like Vesuvius inside her yeah. so it's 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 very important to lay out those it's like having a conversation maybe when you're completely in the light of day sober um, how are we going to cope when I feel this way let's think of what can help mm-hmm. me and let's think of what can help you when you're not yeah. anxious when you're not yeah. anxious so like what will um how does it affect you when I feel anxious? Do you feel like completely helpless? Okay, well then the person who's anxious needs to say to them, listen, I'm not expecting you to solve this or make mm-hmm. it go away. I just want to know that you're there because it's a bit scary and I don't want to be on my alone alone right now. Yeah. Like when, when I'm anxious and Barry's there, like he's not waving a magic wand and making it go away. He's just saying again, 
okay, what's the one thing right now that we can do to help just kind of calm things down a little bit? And crucially, it's okay, let the panic happen. Let it happen. It's okay. It's fine. You're safe. You're here with me. We don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. Just focus on your breathing. Mm. And those very simple, basic, so state the obvious things make all the difference in the world. And the state the obvious things are sometimes the things that people forget to do in those, exactly. those moments. Yeah. Um, does it help you ever? I'm just trying to think of in, in navigating your relationship when you're having um, anxiety. I feel like it would be much more of a challenge in the early days of a relationship where you might not necessarily know each other that well yet. Yeah. Um, you were obviously very lucky with Barry that he straight away kind of had the emotional intelligence to know what you were going through and, and be supportive. But maybe not everyone might be in that same yeah. um, position with their partners. Um, do you Did you ever think or would you imagine it would be a good idea to give a bit of a heads up about your day? As in, look, say 3 three p.m. text being like look I'm having a bit of a today yeah. has a bit, been a bit of a wobbly day when I come home later or when I see you later or when we go on this date later um I'm I might not be necessarily in completely in form 100 percent 100 and also even like if you're if you're thinking if you're starting to see someone and you're afraid to tell them oh you're actually quite prone to anxiety because like you don't want to scare them off yeah that's a really hard thing as well but it's so common to so many of us that if you say it and you normalize it and you take the horns off it it becomes not this whole this thing that she has that takes over and it's going to be there when it's on our date Mm -hmm. and more than likely they'll be like oh yeah like I can relate I felt like that a bit the other day so I think it's really important to to know it to kind of test the water at the beginning of a relationship or on a couple of dates to to like and in this day and age I mean bring up mental health and see how comfortable they are talking about it because Mm -hmm. we all need to become more comfortable and the more we all talk about it and normalize it the less we all suffer from it and um, so don't wait until you're six months in and then say, oh, sorry, I've been having really violent panic attacks because I'm afraid of what you think of me. Be willing to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. If they don't fucking appreciate you, want to be with you because you're a vulnerable person, which they are too, or because you, you know, feel stressed like the rest of us do because you feel anxious, then they're not worth being with. Yeah. Sorry, I not. No, I, I feel exactly the same. And that's something I always advise people, whether it's friends of mine or people who um, message. I always say, you know, if there's something that you are deliberately hiding from your partner or from a potential partner like they're gonna find out eventually yeah and and also give them credit because yeah. maybe they maybe they maybe will be, be so fine. much more supportive than you think yeah and that's not fair I yeah. mean give them the chance to be there for you and let them Barry was like please let me love you like I'm yeah. here stop trying to push me away I'm here let me love you we're gonna figure this out go away now mm-hmm. please <laughs> and if you're on a date or if you're seeing someone at the, at the early stages I mean I feel like dropping it into conversation the same yeah. way you'd drop in I also love horror films exactly you know just be like yeah I, I struggled with anxiety last year and I was on medication for a while but I'm like doing this and doing 100%. this 100% and that's and, no- and normalizing just, it yeah just date it state it like it's yeah. not a problem it's not an issue it's not something that you're you know you don't have to make a big announcement no and the only time that you make a big announcement about it is when you're so terrified of it yourself and you don't understand it yeah. but now like I will say feeling a bit anxious again, like had a sandwich, you know, watch this show. Like I'll yeah. state it like I'll state everything else. And he'll just be like, okay, okay, what can we do? Mm-hmm. What, what, do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to maybe just have a, a bath? Maybe put some lavender oil in it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to put on some absolute shite on TV and take your mind off it? Yeah. And Whatever it's those tiny, yeah. tiny little things. It's not like, okay, let's just stop everything and go to bloody, you know, the Himalayas and solve this. It's yeah. not, it's not, you're not looking for a knight in shining armor. Yeah. You're looking yeah. for just an ear. Yeah. Someone, uh, a friend of mine, I remember, I, I felt they were struggling, right? And I was 
meeting up with them and chatting to them and trying to not trying to get it out of them that's the wrong phrase but I, I sensed that there was something going on and I wanted to help you mm. know because I'm their friend and I love them and I was I remember saying to her I remember saying um, will we go for a walk mm-hmm. because she wasn't she wasn't saying it to me when we were just sitting we sitting having coffee or sitting having a meal or in her house or whatever and so we ended up going for this walk and on the walk um, she completely shared what she was going through with me right so and I was thinking it's mad you know how she's ha- she's comfortable to share it with me now but wasn't when we were at her house or what you know when we mm-hmm. were in, in private so I think you know what I saw in that what I kind of identified in that was we weren't sitting face to face so she didn't feel like uh, she didn't feel like I'd be looking at her or judging mm-hmm. her when I said it she didn't have to she didn't have to worry about my, what my face face will, would would belie and tell mm-hmm. her about what she was saying and uh, we were doing something active so we were out in this space and there was you know the other things going on around us there was other things to focus on there was things distraction distracting us so it was easier for her to just slip it into conversation mm-hmm. and then as well as that I felt as though we were in public which is it sounds weird but I feel as though if we had been in private, she would have felt like she could have cried and Mm -hmm. had a complete meltdown in front of me. And I don't think she wanted that. Mm -hmm. I think she wanted to be in public so that she probably wasn't going to cry. She was just going to state it as fact. Yeah. So that little trick, I actually use that now. If ever, you know, if ever there's something going on with my husband or with a family member, I'm like, will we go for a walk? Yeah. Do you have any other little kind of tricks that you use to kind of make things a bit easier in terms of your anxiety or or, or somebody else. Like for else's. me or for someone else? For for whoever. Um, yeah, I think the main thing is just, I mean, I will always tell the wall, I, I'll tell whoever's listening, I'll normalise it till mm-hmm. the cows come home so that it's not a big scary monster. Yeah. Um, getting out in nature, going for a walk is really helpful as well. Yeah. Um, that's kind of it really. I yeah. mean, it's very, like with a friend, if someone I know, if I need to reach out to them um, and I'll say like, how are things? I kind of feel like they're more willing to let me sort of step in and say like, are you looking after yourself? What's going on? Because yeah. they know that I know what it feels like yeah. and that I I don't really care if they're going to be like, oh, go away. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I don't want you to get to the point of burnout that I got to. I don't want you to fall off that cliff. Mm-hmm. I want you to have the awareness of what you're doing now. Um. So yeah, it's just kind of, and also like, like identifying it with your friends and knowing not waiting until, okay, not dealing with anxiety when it's hit you, but like knowing when the train is coming down the tracks and when to get off. So being very in tune with your body to know, okay, like I've had a lot going on. Does this actually suit me as a person? You know, I don't want to wait until I can't cope anymore and then be like, oh geez, I did too much. I now know, people say to me like, oh, you must be so busy and run off your feet because I have a few different things going on. No, like I take care of myself so well. I will never to the point go to get myself to the point of burnout again. I just nothing is worth sacrificing my mental health. I sleep like the dead. Yeah. I will never take on too much anymore and I don't care because what drives me now is not goals or what looks good on my CV or like this far off end goal. What drives me is feeling as good as I can feel all the time. So if that means earning a little bit less money and like enjoying I'm obviously very lucky that I enjoy what I do I'm going to tailor my lifestyle to suit the fact that I am anxious and that's okay yeah. I'm not trying to not be an anxious person yeah. I'm accepting that I am and I'm trying to work with it rather than against it yeah. I saw um, you know Andrea Horan Andrea yeah. Horan owns Tropical Popical and she um, I was at the Irish Tatler Women of the Year Awards recently and she won an award and as part of that she did like a kind of an interview afterwards and, it, and one of the things she said was and I just thought it was so brilliant she said that she 
she was like, I love to party. So I'm not going to open my salon on a Monday because I want to, I know that over the weekend I've partied hard and I want the Monday off. Yeah. She also only opens her business at 11 o'clock every day because she's terrible in the morning. She's not a great morning person. Mm-hmm. So she's, she said, and the, the quote was something I'm, I'm totally paraphrasing. I'll probably ruin it on a day. But she said something along the lines of what's the point in building an empire if you're not living at the same time like exactly. what's the point in driving yourself to to yeah. burn out if you're not enjoying what's happening I couldn't agree more like tailor your life to suit the fact that like give yourself the best chance of not having your anxiety rear its head and be like oh you're not you're not listening to me you're not taking me seriously yeah and then you'll have a far better time yeah you know I, it's and also I think another thing that I that I always remind people is to know the difference between your anxiety and your personality so they're two very different things and yeah. sometimes I think oh I don't want to do this thing because I'm anxious and I always blame anxiety it's holding me back and then I'm like if you didn't have anxiety would you want to do this thing mm. and if the answer is no, nah, I still wouldn't want it. Then it's your personality talking. And if you keep denying your personality, you're going to create more anxiety. So know when it's just not you and know the kind of person you are and, and, and like appease that person and, and know when it's anxiety that, okay, I, I would want to do this if I didn't feel anxious. And then that's the kind of anxiety you want to kind of face and deal try with and, and push through. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think there's a, there's some people as well who... um and I know you've become the unofficial spokesperson for anxiety in Ireland. But I mean, there are some people... um who self-label I'm an anxious person yeah and when the thing that was making them anxious or the things that were making them anxious are no longer there or are no longer such an a cause of anxiety it's almost like they f- have to fill that void with something because they are an anxious person yeah so I think that's really great advice separate anxiety from your personality and let your personality be what it is yeah like I really I don't know this is quite controversial but like I kind of recoil when I hear people say like oh I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder now I know there's definitely um like a medical criteria for whatever but I think that people take that as a label and say well this is how I am now and I'm never going to be any other way and like some sort of sentencing and I don't describe myself that way at all. I'm a completely normal person and sometimes I feel anxiety like the rest of us. I feel things greatly. I feel probably things a lot more than most people and I'm prone to kind of going into that anxiety space. But I'm not every day an anxious person. Mm-hmm. I, I deal with it. But I think if you if I, if, if I start to say, oh, like I have this debilitating disorder, I wouldn't, I live my life according to that too yeah. much. And I would, I don't know, it's kind of a, it's it's something that you can you, you can it's 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 temporary it's temporary you know everything nothing is fixed about anxiety and what you're feeling today might not you know I had a, about two or three years where I didn't have any panic attacks at all and you know I I I'm not going to say I, I, it's just you just you're you you're you you're mm-hmm. you and sometimes you feel anxious sometimes you feel stressed sometimes you feel fine mm-hmm. and I just don't think those labels and calling yourself an anxious person. Help doesn't have to define you. Like, no, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So just to kind of go back on um, to f- just the, the kind of bits of advice for someone in a relationship who's either they're dealing with anxiety or their partner is just the the word we. I know you said that's important because yeah. that that, you know, if you're in a relationship, with someone who's who's um, so struggling with anxiety to refer to it as we'll be fine. We'll we're going to get through mm. this. That's a in itself a support huge and for them to mean it as well though for them to mean it yeah and that kind of that almost normalizes it too because it's it's talking about it and saying that we're going to be fine this is something that we can do so the same way if your partner was sick with like 
you know, some sort of physical illness. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, I don't know what you're going to do about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You'd be like, well, how can I help? How like, what can we, we do yeah. together? Yeah. And then the other thing that I think is very important for people to take away is the education around it. So whether you're the one that's suffering or whether it's your partner that's suffering, get the knowledge go and do a bit of research it's not going to take a long time because there's a lot of widely available um you know very easy to understand um research done into it so go and learn a bit about anxiety and whether that's from your books your Mm -hmm. podcast actually caroline's podcast um because i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't ever like that i wouldn't be someone who labels myself as I yeah. have anxiety or whatever, but you know, you go through stages mm-hmm. and it comes and goes and whatever for, that's how I experienced it anyway. Um, but I was listening to the one where Caroline has an episode where you literally just help people to breathe for ages. Oh yeah. And that, ep- that episode, sometimes I'll just lash that on in the car, mm. you know, and it'll just help me. It'll just, Aww. it'll just bring everything back down to like a, a manageable yeah. level. Um, you know, if you have a bad day at work or if you've, you know, if, if you're just, if it's, if the anxiety is very much situational mm, as opposed yeah. to kind of general. And there's a panic attack rescue guide, like a real time panic attack rescue yes. guide that people I know people listen to, like they go back to it a lot mm-hmm. because I'm just trying to, first of all, explain what's happening, but then kind of help you guide you through it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So it's a mix between um, a resource like a, like the meditation type of stuff, but also the, the knowledge and the experts who can explain things. Um, and then other people like us who just share their experience of it. Yeah. Um, and then the book is like, what is anxiety? Why is it normal? Why are we feeling it? What what can we do about it? Yeah. And it's yeah. my approach to anxiety. Um, it, it's a two part approach that I kind of coined a phrase, the um, assess and address approach. And that's useful and I, for anyone um, with anxiety. And I use it all myself, all the time myself. So the assess is that education piece. Why is this happening? So what is anxiety in general? Why do we feel it? What's going on in our body? But then also relative to me, why am I feeling it? What's going on in my life? What are the different vulnerability factors? And then the address it is, what am I going to do about it? Mm-hmm. What are the things that I know work for me? It might be everything in the book. It might be one thing in the book. It might be nothing in the book, but you'll get something out of it. Yeah, deadly. Amazing. So thanks, Carol. Like, I feel like I learned so much from you. <laughs> Just listening to all that, I'm like captivated. Um, thanks so much for giving us all that completely valuable information. Um, for anyone who, any of the people who've messaged me and asked me questions about this particular topic, which I know is lots of you. Um, you Hopefully can, we've answered it for them. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like we've given some, some good, good stuff. Mm-hmm. I think like we should have advised grabbing a notepad at the start of this episode because <laughs> Caroline did so much good advice um, but yeah anyone who wants to do a bit more research or wants to give a resource to their partners Caroline has her um, her first book Owning It and the podcast to kind of match um, and it's a really good one to listen to um, if you have anxiety or if you don't it's still I mean it's still a good um, you get to kind of experience other people's um, perspectives on the whole thing and it's not going to give you more anxiety which I think people no. are afraid yeah. of <laughs> no it's not going to spark anxiety in you <laughs> Um, but thank you again Caroline that, that was you. amazing uh, Cassie thanks Emil Scout thank you also oh, Scout I always give a shout out to Scout at the end I think she just deserves it she's got a, such a cute little very well behaved dog I might put a, I, maybe I should put a post up on Instagram the Instagram is at private education podcast if you want to follow um, I might put a p- picture up of Scout so everyone can uh, not just hear about her but see her yeah She's so adorable. Um, so yeah, thank you for listening. Um, I'll be back next week with another guest and another episode. And in the meantime, I kind of, I have asked it a couple of times on Instagram, but um, it's really, really helpful for anyone trying to grow their audience um, with their podcast and to get other people to listen and to um, share the love, I suppose. If you're listening and you've enjoyed this episode, share the link 
or tell someone about it who you don't think has listened already or who doesn't know about it um, because that would mean the world to me so thanks again and I'll chat to you next week ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 